Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The NFL trade deadline is in the rearview mirror. And no, there were no deals for the Dallas Cowboys. That does mean taking on a huge risk tonight. We'll break it down. Here we go. Let's get it. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, Make sure that you hit the like button and check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Welcome, everyone, into this Tuesday night Halloween edition. Hope that you guys are having fun. If you are into Halloween, I hope that you guys are stocked on candy for the tricks and or treats portion of tonight. So I'm excited about the day. Thank you so much for joining the show uh, Tuesday was the NFL trade deadline for the 2023 NFL season. That means no more trades. If teams wanted somebody, that's my dog barking in the background because probably somebody is on the outside trying for some of those treats that we were talking about just a a few seconds ago. That being said, though, uh, the NFL trades are over now. The Cowboys stayed put, which is somewhat unsurprising considering that we were not expecting any move from the Cowboys. Jerry Jones said himself that there were no moves incoming, and he said it several times. And just looking at the Cowboys' overall history at the trade deadline, we didn't expect any move. There was one name that was tied to the Cowboys. We were all skeptical about it. Jalen Johnson, cornerback for the Chicago Bears. He ended up staying put in Chicago. You have to assume that the price tag for him was very high, because the Bears were buyers at the deadline. They went ahead and got Monte Sweat off of the hands of the Washington Commanders. So that probably tells you that although they're not trying to contend in 2023, they are willing to stick with their young talent. So I I would assume that means that teams that were inquiring about Jalen Johnson, among them the Buffalo Bills, by the way, who got a cornerback at the deadline, Rasul Douglas, from the Green Bay Packers, you would assume that, hey, they were they were asking for a lot in that sense. So the Cowboys were never going to do that, probably. Let's get to the topics here really quickly here, though. For tonight, uh, we're going to talk about the major risk that the Cowboys took on during the trade deadline or not necessarily during, but let's say at the trade deadline might be the more correct term. Uh, let's say... We're going to recap the NFC trades recap as well. We're going to we're going to have a rundown of the NFC trades and what the most important moves across the NFL mean for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk a little bit about Sam, Sam Williams tonight. Uh, we'll talk about his message to the coaches. You remember we talked about it last week. Now he pivoted from that 
message that he was trying to send them, and he did it on the field. So we'll talk about that a little bit, and we'll close this show out with the one cool thing of the week. And I've been saving mine since Saturday. I've got mine since Saturday. Looking forward to sharing it. Uh, it's sports-related, so we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. So let's get to it. Let me say hi. We've got Joey Bella. We've got Mando. We've got Peter Riso, Gregory, Katharina over on Facebook. Game four of the World Series is being played right now. So if you are watching primetime while watching some baseball, I appreciate you for choosing to listen to primetime. Let me know in the chat. Are you unsurprised? Are you, excuse me, are you surprised or are you not surprised at the Cowboys not pulling off any trades at the deadline? Are you surprised or not surprised? Let me know in the chat. I have a feeling of what the answers are going to be like in the chat right now. Just to recap, we're going to go into the NFC trades in a little bit here. But first, let's talk about the Cowboys, man. Dallas could have added a cornerback. They could have added a wide receiver, linebacker. I think those were the positions that we were talking about the most. I know that some fans were talking about running backs. I didn't see that happening at all, uh, especially with, you know, the fact that Tony Pollard, in my opinion, is still good for the Cowboys. I think that the running game woes come from elsewhere. I think it's more about the offensive line and, and what they're doing with the scheme. So I do want to see improvement in the run game. I don't know that getting a big name running back would have gotten you that, but still, uh, the Cowboys could have added talent elsewhere. Uh, from the comments, we can perceive that people are not really surprised. There are some exceptions. The way it goes with not surprised. Joey Vela, uh, Beryl says disappointed, but not surprised. Gregory also going with the not surprised. Sean, Jerma, uh, Bobby says not. Box T-Bone says no surprise. However, there are a couple of surprised from Katharina, from Mando here, from Joseph. So there are some fans that were still expecting some sort of movement at the deadline. I do want to say that the Cowboys did accept major risk when not pulling off any trade at the deadline. And I'm talking about a specific risk at one position that one they're, they're one injury away from potential disaster at that position. Now, I don't want to sound pe like a pessimist or anything like that because I do think that the Cowboys have one of the better rosters in the NFL. I do think they're still legitimate contenders within the NFC. Am I worried about matching up against the 49ers? Yes, sir, I am. Am I nervous about the game versus the Philadelphia Eagles, which could provide us with a better idea of where the Cowboys stand? Yes, I am nervous about all that. But there are still contenders at the end of the day, in my opinion. I am worried, though. I think one of my biggest worries is the cornerback position, though. And I got a little bit excited when we heard about Jalen Johnson and the possibility of trading for him. Because even though I was not very, I mean, I didn't believe it. I didn't buy it is what I'm trying to say regarding Jalen Johnson specifically. I thought, you know what? They might go ahead and get a cornerback. And again, that is my biggest concern right now because the Cowboys have weathered the Trevon Diggs loss very well so far in big part thanks to Daron Bland's meteoric rise as a player. We've seen him. Really play at a very high level. 
on the inside. Now we're seeing him play at a very high level on the outside. Stephon Gilmore is doing his thing. Jordan Lewis, who is a player that I think we don't talk about enough, also doing his thing at nickel. Is he the best player on the defense? No, but he is solid, which at nickel is probably the best you can ask for unless you have one of the very few elite nickelbacks in the NFL. But this is a league where everyone accepts that you cannot have enough defense events. The Cowboys are close to having enough. They have a very deep rotation where they've got Armstrong and Fowler and Sam Williams behind the two starters in Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. Because even though Micah is listed as a linebacker, essentially a defensive end or edge rusher, if you prefer the term, to stay out of controversies. I think the same can be said about cornerback nowadays in the league. I think that you cannot have enough cornerbacks. And even though they have weathered uh, the Trevon Diggs injury very well, I'm not sure how they would weather another injury because right now their only depth is made up of unproven players, right? And Sean Wright, we have not seen him really in regular season action. And the little that we have seen has not been necessarily promising. Obviously, you're banking on him improving as he continues his NFL career, but still an unproven player. Then you've got Noah Igbinajin, who I personally feel like I've seen enough. Like, I don't I don't want to see Noah out there on the field, defensively speaking. And then the other name is Eric Scott Jr., the six-round rookie that has yet to be active for any single game. He's been a consistent, uh, healthy scratch, which I'm fine with. I'm not going to act like, you know, that's a disappointment. We knew he was somebody to be developed. We knew if he made the roster, it was likely for fear out of losing him to waivers and not getting him into the practice squad because the Cowboys probably know about another team that likes Eric Scott Jr., which is the reason why they traded up for him in the sixth round of the draft, but still not a player that you would be comfortable with playing in case of any injury. And I, I know what some of you might be thinking, which is, well, you can say that about any injury. Uh, you can say that about the linebacker position. If the Cowboys suffer an injury additional to the one that, that Leighton Van Der Esch is going through, then we would be super concerned about linebacker. Or say, you could say that about Micah. If he goes down, then game over. Or you could say that about Oso Digisuwa, et cetera. But the thing is, cornerback feels to me like one of those positions where you've got three of them on the field every single snap. And I, I am nervous about the cornerback position. Obviously, knock on wood, not trying to jinx anybody, but I'm, I'm not comfortable with the depth that the Cowboys have right now at cornerback. I'm going to say an additional name to the ones that we have gone over so far, Izzy Mukwamu. He could be a wild card there. Uh, but I do think the Cowboys are accepting a major risk at cornerback after not trading for anybody at the trade deadline. And I do think that's one of the best or one of the biggest concerns for the Cowboys moving forward. I'll say that, especially with the Trevon Diggs injury. If Trevon had not gone down, then we should have felt very comfortable with the, the depth at corner, which is something that we felt in the preseason, right? We were talking about the defensive backfield being one of the deepest groups in Dallas roster-wise speaking. So there you go. Had to get that off my chest because it's been bothering me 
for a while. And I'll say this about the rest of the positions and why I don't see them as a bigger concern than corner. Offensive line, listen, everyone wants to get better at offensive line. Jerry Jones is a lot of wild stuff. A lot of wild, wild stuff. He had a all-time comment when Sam Williams was arrested earlier in the year. There are the Jerryisms that we all laugh about and, and try to figure out together. But there was one thing that he said recently on uh, after the game versus the LA Rams, and I think he nailed it. He said, every other team is looking for offensive linemen. And that is true. So if a team does not get better at offensive line, I'm not going to hold it against them. Shout out to the Jacksonville Jaguars, though, who got Ezra Cleveland from the Minnesota Vikings in exchange of a sixth-round draft pick. I thought that was a steal for, for the Jags. But anyways, offensive line, I'm okay with them not trading for somebody. Running back a little bit as well. Like I wouldn't want the Cowboys to give up top trade compensation for a, a running back. Linebacker, I get it. It could be a deeper unit, but I still believe if somebody goes down, whether it's Bell or Clark, hypothetically, maybe whoever you bring in doesn't take over Rashawn Evans' place unless it's somebody really good, right? like Jordan Hicks from the Vikings. So I'm fine with that one as well. And then you get to the wide receivers. It would be nice to get another one. But you have a solid group of starters and a solid number four in Jalen Tolbert. So, and Jalen Tolbert is already eating into the snaps of Michael Gallup, by the way, which is worth a conversation later in the week. But all I'm saying, cornerback is the one that I was really concerned about. And I do think the Cowboys not trading for one uh, is a way to accept a lot of risk late in the year, uh, for, for later in the year. So we'll see how it all goes down. Uh, Danny Savage says, need a revealed offensive for the offensive line in 2024. Would not be surprised at all there because you could get better, especially for the future at left tackle. I mean, Tyron Smith is an all-time great, but you just don't know what the future holds for him as he continues to navigate injuries. Let's say, uh, let's see here. Oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Ricky, this is a good question from Ricky. I just don't understand the complacency. Why not get more competitive? I was talking about this earlier with somebody, and somebody said to me, man, it's because they don't want to spend big. It's because Jerry does not want to open up his wallet and the Joneses and the front office, et cetera. To a point, I will agree to that, but I also think it's not necessarily just being cheap. I actually kind of don't buy that. I think mostly it's them being very stubborn with their way to build a team, with their approach to building a team, which is draft picks, draft picks, and more draft picks, right? They want to take care of their draft capital. And they have built some competitive teams with those, right? They have being one of the better drafting teams in the NFL. I think that when you compare it to the rest of the league, they are pretty good in that area. They're not all hits, but you look at the other 31 NFL teams and it's the same for everybody. But I do think some of the best teams that we've seen in the NFL as of late, aside from being good drafters, they are willing to pull off one trade or two trades and to get better and better and better. 
And we'll talk about that in just a moment, looking at the rest of the NFC. But I think that more than being chip, Ricky, to answer your question, I think it's they really believe in their way to build a football team. And it doesn't mean that they're right, but I think it's more that than anything else. That would be my answer to that uh, question. That being said, though, and I don't want to defend them or anything like that because I also do not love the way that they approach this trade deadline. As used as we are to it, one thing that I'll say is this year they were a little bit more aggressive in the trade market. Gilmore is in Dallas because of a trade. The same is said for Brandon Cooks and even for Trey Lance, which, you know, Cowboys fans might not be seeing the benefits of trading for Trey Lance yet, but the Cowboys were in the lookout for a developmental young quarterback to have on the background developing something that is not new to them. I mean, that's the same, basically, uh, circumstance that Dak Prescott got to Dallas through. So you know that they do like to bring in young quarterbacks, etc. And they were aggressive enough to say, listen, we didn't get one in this draft. We don't think we'll get that uh, one in next year's draft. So let's go ahead and get Trey Lance. I think that's really what was behind Trey Lance's trade and not anything like uh, negotiating leverage against Dak or anything like that, which was a conversation back when, when he was traded for. But they were a little bit more aggressive this year. I would have liked to see another push uh, on this year's trade deadline, but we did not see it. That being said, we did see some movement in the NFC. And I think that when you look at this year's trade deadline, that's probably what's going to frustrate fans the most. It's not that Dallas didn't do anything. It's not that by itself. It's that the rest of the NFC moved a lot. Last week, the Eagles upgraded at safety, arguably their biggest need. They sacrificed Terrell Edmonds, which was their starter, sent a couple more late-round draft picks to the Tennessee Titans, and they got an all-pro safety in return in Kevin Byard. That was one of the big NFC trades. Didn't happen today. Doesn't matter. Basically happened at the deadline, right? It, it occurred last week. Chase Jong, man, oh, man. He goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Listen to this. For a third-round draft pick. That's what you're going to see in the headlines. Let me tell you right now, that's not the full context that you need. The Niners are actually sending a compensatory third-round draft pick, and it gets better for them. Say that the Niners decide ultimately, you know what? We're not going to keep Chase Young. It was nice having him around, helped us get to where we wanted to get, assuming that they have a successful postseason run. And maybe they decide, you know what? This is it. We're not going to re-sign Chase Young. Which for many people would be like, how the heck are you going to give, give up a third-round pick and not re-sign Chase Young? This is where it gets better. Say that the Niners lose him. They would probably get a third-round draft pick, a compensatory third-round draft pick in 2025. In other words, even if they don't re-sign him, it would probably mean that they're just going to push one of their comp picks one year from 2024 because that's the one that they traded away to 2025 
because that's the one that they would get if they don't keep Chase Young for the long term. Now, if they do, which would be ideal for San Francisco, they would have Boza and Young locked up for the midterm future, like next four to five years or something like that. So uh, pretty good move from San Francisco. Cannot say it otherwise. Like that's a smart, savvy trade from the Niners. And I think one of the biggest losers out of that trade has to be the Cowboys uh, because obviously even though the Commanders are a divisional rival, the Niners are 100% a bigger threat to the Cowboys in the near future, as we should learn from an 0-3 record against San Francisco in their last three meetings, including two postseason showdowns. Finally, the Lions... Man, oh man, let, let's, let, let me say here this first. Excuse me, let, let me say this first. Kevin Byard and Chase Young are undeniable starters. I know that Young has been injured here and there in his career. I know that he's missed time in each of the last two seasons. But right now, seven games he has played. He's eighth in total pressures in the NFL today. Eagles and Niners, the two favorites within the NFC right now and you know, the Cowboys want to be a part of that club of three play, uh, teams. And maybe you could argue that they are after San Francisco has lost three straight. They got quality starters, like all pro caliber starters in these two trades. But they were not the only NFC teams to be active, which is perhaps one of the most frustrating aspects of this trade deadline for Cowboys fans. Detroit went ahead and got Donovan People-Jones. Let me say how much he cost. Six-round draft pick, 2025. A freebie, if you will, for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Let me Google his age really quickly because I'm not entirely sure about this. Oh, man, he's 24 years old. Holy smokes. You know what Donovan Peoples-Jones could represent for Detroit? Because I didn't, like, uh, I had to look into it a little bit to really figure out what it meant for Detroit. Is this a guy that they're going to have in the bench? Is this a guy that uh, is not really going to contribute a whole lot? I'm going to tell you right now, Lions bid writers and Lions analysts, they're claiming, hey, Peoples-Jones might mess around and become the number two wide receiver of this offense. So you know right away he's going to contribute. There's Jameson Williams who has not been targeted nearly as much as we thought he was going to be targeted in Detroit. Juan Ross and Brown, it's a running partner with Sam Laporta at tight end. So the Lions got significantly better. Don't let the six-round draft pick compensation confuse you. They got a potential starter on offense. At worst, he's going to be somebody that rotates consistently into the Lions' attack and Ben Johnson's attack. And then you want to go a step further. They're not in the graphic. But the Seattle Seahawks got better today. And let me rephrase that. The NFC West division leader, NF uh, Seattle Seahawks, got better today. They traded for Leonard Williams. You know, the trade was made official at the deadline. Leonard Williams, the interior defensive lineman of the New York Giants. Cowboys fans should be very familiar with him. And they gave up big compensation for him, by the way. Uh, Leonard Williams was more expensive than Chase Young was. Here are the compensations. Second rounder for 2024. 
and a fifth rounder for 2025. This has been more of a controversial transaction because of the cost behind it, but I still like it because they got better, period. We can dwell on the compensation. We can talk about the opportunity cost. Could they have gotten Chase Young? Yes or no, blah, blah, blah. But the period ultimately is they got better for the 2023 season, and they are a better contender now than they were yesterday. And here's where, it, where I would tie it all together. One of my biggest takeaways from this year's trade deadline is that one feeling that we had since the preseason got reinforced. The NFC is wide open, which is why you saw the Niners get better, which is why you, got, uh, you saw the Eagles get better, the Seahawks get better, the Lions get better. Arguably, four of the, type of the top five contenders in the NFC, and you know which is the other one that, we, that we're not talking about in the trade market. That would be the Dallas Cowboys. But four of the top five contenders in the NFC, arguably, got better. And when you think about how wide open the NFC is, and when you think about how it seems, I don't want to say less competitive than the AFC, but it definitely feels less loaded as opposed to the AFC where you've got the Dolphins, you've got the Bengals, you've got the Ravens, and the Browns even. And then you have the, the Kansas City Chiefs, even though... They've taken some, some hits offensively, and they just lost to the Denver Broncos. That's a much more loaded conference. And the NFC team seem to know it because they're loading up because they all believe that they're one move away from really looking like that NFC favorite or that NFC contender. And the Cowboys didn't do anything. And I think that's what frustrates me on this year's deadline. It's that everyone in the NFC did get better. Anyone who's anyone in the NFC did get better, and the Cowboys did not. Again, I'm going to say I'm not surprised, but that's how I feel after the trade deadline, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see some of your comments, though, right now in the chat. I know that I took off on that rant there a little bit, so let me, let me, uh, let me calm down and read some of the comments right now. Thank you so much, by the way, for being here tonight on Halloween night. Man, the Rangers are just blasting. The Diamondbacks right now. 10 to nothing, bottom of the fourth inning. Math has caught up. Math has caught up to the World Series, and the Diamondbacks seem to be out of magic right now. I don't want to jinx the Rangers, but, but it does feel like that right now. There's this uh, character in, in Fool's Die, the, the novel from Mary Puso, which also, uh, always said you cannot beat the percentages. Feels like that's what, what's happening right now between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Anyways, let's see here. Mark Aaron says, Jerry Jones should look at the Rangers. Look at them now. Hey, Tyler Browning from ADZ Sports actually wrote an article about this uh, last week where he said, hey, the Cowboys have something to learn from the team across the street. And he might be right. Different system, everything that you want to say, but still, they were pretty aggressive putting that team together starting two years ago. Danny Savage says, Micah and Chase at defensive end would have been scary. It really would have been scary. And it would be one of those trades where you're like, man, the Cowboys are super well at, at defensive end. Like, they're, they're well put together there. But if you can add Chase to that unit, like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. That, that would have been crazy. Let's see here. Uh, I see some debate about Chase, Jong, and everything. So I, I don't know exactly what... 
where that whole conversation started over on the chat. Uh, but let's see here. Hmm. Chase for a third. Just tell me now I want five. Uh, I, think, I think they're talking about other compensations. They're like hypothetical compensations. Pitt here says they are bargain choppers, period. I think he's talking about the Niners and he's talking about the Eagles there, which, man, it just feels like it, it comes easy to some of these teams. And the Cowboys struggle to put something together. Like the, the only Cowboys transaction that occurred today was a practice squad signing. Oh, because by the way, Dallas lost uh, Eric Sauvert, the tight end that they had signed to the practice squad and then elevated for the Rams game. He's out. He was signed by the Houston Texans, actually. Tommy says, F that crap, Mo. They should have made a move. I cannot stand the Cowboys' stupid approach to trades and free agency. So you can see some of the frustration there. Listen, I totally get it. You look at the rest of the NFC and I get it even more. Frustration should be there. It is only fair. But it's sadly unsurprising. Ladies and gentlemen, let's move on here on the show so we don't leave here completely upset. Let's talk about Sam Williams because, man, let me tell you something. About a week ago, we had a show about Sam Williams and the message that he was trying to send to the Cowboys, and it was a Twitter message telling them to free him, telling them that he needed to play more, essentially. You can watch that show. It's on the YouTube channel. Uh, Basically, a strong message for the coaching staff, but one that happened off the field. And, you know, I Sam Williams is a player that's been on, on several off-field miscues by now as an NFL player and, and on-field issues too with the penalties and everything. So Sam Williams talking off the field didn't seem quite right. He made that right on Sunday with a huge game against the Rams. How about them, and, uh... The way that he did it wasn't necessarily on defense. It actually happened on special teams. And I wanted to show you some of those plays. This clip, by the way, uh, it's on Old 22. But shout out to Michael Gelkin from Dallas Morning News. He's been a guest here on the show. Really respect him. Like, really, really respect him. And he tweeted out this clip from Sam Williams. You can see him at Gunner. Let me, let me play that again from the start because some of you might have not have been ready to look for Sam Williams at the gunner spot. He's going to be at the bottom of your screen playing gunner in punt duty. That's going to be Sam Williams. That's going to be 261-pound defensive lineman Sam Williams playing gunner. What? All right, let's watch the clip. Let's watch the clip. Look at him. Has outside leverage. Breaks inside. The inside help does not touch him. Because he outruns him and makes the tackle right at the star. Holy smokes, this was a play. Let's play it again. Let's play it again, man. Because I'm still surprised that guy is Sam Williams. I just don't get how it can be a defensive end running at that speed and making that play from the gunner position. That's not it, though. He went right back to it. And this time, he had a move ready to get off of coverage. He has that that quick swat. And then you see him block the punt. Uh, that's probably the replay that he had already caught uh, time and time again because he blocked the punt for a safety. That's 
the kind of message that you want Sam Williams to send. You don't want him on Twitter slash X tweeting a picture of a caged dog saying, free me. That, that's not what you want from Sam Williams. That's the kind of stuff that if CeeDee Lamb tweets out, that would have been fair because City has proven himself time and time again. Sam Williams is not. So for him to put together this special teams performance, that's the kind of stuff that, in my opinion, the coaching staff is going to see in the film room and they're going to be like, okay, he's zeroed in. He, he should play more on defense too. And he actually played on defense 14 snaps versus the Rams and good, got two pressures uh, and some impressive plays by the way. So big game for Sam Williams, who is trying to get more playing time. Absolutely love to see it. I, I, I well, did not expect to see a defensive end playing the gunner position and looking so good at it. According to Next Gen Stats, he clocked in an over 19 miles per hour. Beat that, Michael Scott. Some of you might know that reference. Some of you might not. I, I'm obsessed with it. So there you go. Sam Williams making some noise in Dallas versus the Rams. Looking forward to seeing if that impacts his snap counts or not. Uh, let's see some of your questions or uh, some of your comments here. Excuse me. Mark Aaron says he wanted more playing time. So they put him on special teams and he got it like as a goner. Hey, listen, we're going to have you do whatever you can do and let's see what you make of it. And he did make something out of it. Mark says he's that fast, then make him a big middle linebacker. I know some people have wanted to turn Sam Williams into a linebacker. I'm good with him as a defensive end. Like, listen, I know that the consistency has been an issue and the off-the-field issues have been an issue, but what we saw from him as a defensive end as a rookie was super surprising. And not well, not surprising. Let's call it impressive as heck like he had insane production for only 25 percent of the snaps which was his situation last year so i, I want to see more of sam at, on the defensive line i don't want to see him at linebacker i want to see more of him at defensive end and the thing is it's not only about the discipline and stuff like armstrong and fowler are really that good and when you see those nascar packages that the cowboys put together like Fowler and Armstrong have, have proven themselves, so it also makes sense to, to keep them on the field. It's not like the Cowboys are seeing bad play at defensive end as a result of not playing Sam Williams, which I think also hurts his ability to get on the field. You know, the Cowboys are too good at defensive end that it, it becomes an issue on who you play and who you don't play. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, it is time for our one cool thing of the week for those of you who are new to the show this is our feel good segment every tuesday night where we share something personal professional sports related non-sports related whatever you want it to be you can drop it on the chat what is your one cool thing of the week looking forward to reading yours on halloween so that we, we might get some halloween comments tonight let me know what's your one cool thing of the week i'll tell you mine right away i'll tell you one right away i'm a boxing fan and i'm an mma fight fan watching francis Ngannou face tyson fury on a heavyweight boxing match and not only seeing francis Ngannou 
knock down Tyson Fury, but actually be able to box, like to perform the sweet science of boxing in the ring and go 10 rounds versus Tyson Fury and us holding our breath as the scorecards were being read. That is one of the wildest sports experience that I have ever had in my life. And it might sound exaggerated, but this wasn't a Division Three team beating an FBS opponent. This wasn't, you know, an, an upset win from the Cowboys when we least expected it. This was something very hard to describe for people that are not into combat sports. Francis Ngannou switching from MMA to boxing and facing arguably the greatest of all time. And man, I, I just don't have the words, the, the proper words to describe it. If you're into combat sports, you know exactly what I mean. But that's my one cool thing of the week. It's one of those, I was talking about this to my girlfriend and I said, you know what? I know that I always tell you about these college football upsets and about these crazy moments in sports that I love. But this one is the most one of the most unbelievable that I've ever seen in the sense that I literally could not believe that Francis Ngannou was doing the damn thing against Tyson Fury. So that's my one cool thing of the week. Let's see some of yours. Mark Aaron says, the Texas Rangers, 10-1 right now at the top of the fifth inning. Amazing work from the Rangers. And Adalis Garcia is out for the World Series, apparently. <clears throat> but he still did enough. Corey Seager is likely winning the World Series MVP award. It's been impressive for the Rangers. And uh, I'm kind of glad they're looking or trending. We don't want to jinx anybody. But they're certainly trending towards winning it all. And it would be amazing to see them win it all. Uh, I mean, I know that the Diamondbacks have a great story. But I would much rather see the best team win. And I do think the Rangers are the best team right there. Katharina, one cool thing is that we're going to kick the brakes off the Eagles this Sunday. Die, Eagles, die. We're all getting aggressive for Eagles week. I love it. Tomorrow night, we'll talk about the Eagles. We'll talk about Dan Queen talking about the Eagles. It's going to be fun. Uh, Ronnie says, I have a 15-year-old grandson coming up that will be a heck of a ball player. He's already benching 305 and is 6-2. Ronnie's grandson sounds like a unit. Love it. Gilbert says the Bushland Falcons and my grandson, Magic Man, will be playing by district next Friday. So proud of them. Let's go. Let's go. Love to see all of those sports related, one cool things. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight on Primetime. Thank you so much for tuning in. Mark Aaron says, let's sign the grandson. Hey, let's sign, let's sign the two of those grandsons. Let's sign uh Ronnie's grandson and let's get Magic Man. And let's let's go ahead and, and, and make them football players instead of ball players. We need some fun football players. The Rangers are gonna be fine. The Cowboys might not be fine. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning into the show tonight. Hope that you guys enjoy Halloween night, and I'll see you el día de mañana. 8 de la noche. Muchas gracias. Bye bye.